Hey guys, Princess here, and welcome to another episode of Pie Pumpkin. Um, yeah, it feels like we haven't done one of these in a really long time, even though I definitely have been recording podcasts. Uh, I did a bonus episode this week where I talked about celebrity rehab. Um, I did a Princess Diaries episode this week for the Patreon. Uh, the celebrity rehab stuff is on the Patreon too. And... Probably tomorrow I'm going to record a The Way Down episode. Um, and that'll be on the Patreon too. And then we're doing this one. Like, I'm, I'm doing four episodes this week and yet it feels like I haven't recorded an episode in forever and a day. Just bonkers altogether. Today is Monkey's birthday. He is turning six. Um, and so I'm busy. <laughs> I had to, like, um, I had to wrap presents today. I had to run and get drop cupcakes off of his school. Um, I had to pick up a cake and balloons. And like my relatives who don't live here will send me money. They'll cash at me or, or Apple pay me money. And then I have to go get cards to put the money in. I'm like, you're giving me, you're literally giving me an errand, but okay, I'll do it. Um, make sure you send $22 because greeting cards aren't free. So don't make me give this mofo $17.63. Don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. And I'll be like, well, the rest of the money was for the car. <laughs> um, you know, Google Photos sent me a lovely little slideshow. Google Photos does, does the most. First of all, they recognize you anywhere. It'll be the back of your head and they'll be like, is this you? And I'm like, yeah, how the fuck did you know? But, um... Also, like, just randomly throughout the year, they'll send you, like, slideshows that are, like, set to music that they add. And, like, <laughs> so, you know, I posted on Twitter. So if you guys follow me at OK Then Princess on Twitter, you will see. It'll, it says monkey through the years. Uh, set to the 10,000 maniacs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to get copyright claim on that shit. But I'm forwarding it right to Google and be like, Google did this, not me. Um, um, in terms of monkey, I am, you know, monkey's my Jan Brady, right? So he always feels like he's got left out. He's always like got a list of all the compliments you gave the other kids and checking it twice. Did you give me this compliment? Because I, you definitely told Bear Bear he looked handsome today, but you didn't say I looked handsome today. And I'm just trying to see, was that like on purpose or like, <laughs> that's definitely the relationship I have with monkey. Uh, like this morning they were putting their clothes on and I said to Bear Bear, good job, Bear Bear, because he put his clothes right on and then put his clothes on and he came to me at the table. I'm like putting together medicine. For me. He goes, I put my clothes on. And I was like, yeah, great, great, great. And he goes, say good job, monkey. <laughs> and I was like, good job, monkey. And he was like, oh, thank you. Like he needed the validation. He came and asked for it. <laughs> Sometimes that can be very annoying, but in other ways, I'm very proud of him, right? Because a lot of people in this world know exactly what they need and will not ask for it. They will not verbalize, give me this. And Monkey's very verbalized. He's like, I need you to tell me I'm handsome. I need you to tell me I did a good job. If you are looking at another child for 30 seconds, I need you to also look at me for 30 seconds. I'll count. <laughs> Pretty super cute. I adore him. 
And today I'm gonna take, okay, so this is what we're gonna do. I got all the shit I need. We're gonna go, I'm gonna pick the kids up from YMCA after school care. We're gonna go to a pumpkin patch. It's called Sweet Eats. I feel comfortable saying that because by the time you hear this, I won't be there. So, <laughs> so it's like up north in Georgetown. And they just have like, it's not just a pumpkin patch. It's a farm where you can do uh, fruit picking, which I think we need to do because we've always wanted to like buy a bunch of fruit and make a bunch of pies. So we'll see if we're going to do that. Um, they do something at Christmas. They have a holiday wonderland thingy. They have live music. They have food trucks. They have uh, things for the kids to play on, a huge corn maze, all that bullshit. See, the thing is, is that usually for your birthday, I let you go somewhere. I let you pick what we're going to eat. And then I let you stay up all night long. That's till midnight because that's when your birthday ends. And you are, you get to pick movies, TV, like nobody controls the TV except for you that day. And so Monkey's very excited about this. I mean, no one's ever actually stayed up till midnight except for maybe Turtle one time. But I got a feeling he was like practicing or something like that. <laughs> um, so I don't think he's going to stay up till midnight. Actually, one of the things Monkey has requested from me is to sleep on the couch tonight. Like he would like me to let him sleep on the couch. I don't know if I'm going to let him do that. It seems like such a small thing, but because I don't understand why he wants it, I'm, I'm like nervous. Like, what do you think you're going to do on a couch? <laughs> anyway, so we're going to, after we do all that harvest thing, so, so the reason I chose it is because it's outdoors, right? <laughs> so I feel like we can get away from people. And if we go there, like soup, like at 3.30 and shit, like, I feel like there won't be a lot of people out there. We can spend an hour, hour and a half if the kids walk slow or jump on the bouncy thing for too long, whatever. We let them do that. And we're out. Okay, it's Friday. It's Friday night. Like, we're out before, like, people start showing up for the, they do a bonfire and fireworks and shit. We're way out before then. Then we go eat. Oh, we're going to buy a bunch of uh, pumpkins there. So, and this year, we're going to carve pumpkins. We're going to do jack-o'-lanterns. And I got this thing. I don't know. What are they like? They're like cookie cutters. Except you put them on the, so you figure out what kind of face you want on the jack-o'-lantern. And you kind of pound it with a mallet. And then you pull out the piece instead of like cutting. I don't know if that's going to work. We're going to have to see. So like while we're watching movies and eating birthday cake, one person at a time is going to do jack-o'-lanterns with me. And yeah, and then then I guess Monkey's going to stay up till midnight, sleep on the couch. I'm not sure. But that's the plan for the day. So I've been very busy. I also have to work today. Got my work done. I need to write today. Got that done. I also, Fridays is when I do kids laundry. So I do everybody's laundry in batches, right? So the little kids laundry, their hamper, I, do, I take everything out of there, do it once a week, give it back to them. Little kids fold their own clothes. I help, but they fold clothes. Uh, they actually really, for six and four, they really like to fold clothes. So, I mean, they really get into it, folding the clothes and putting them away. Same thing with Bunny. Bunny's laundry is always the lowest because she's the only person in that room. Do that. Do the laundry real quick, refer, return it back to her. She folds it, puts it away. Also, she tidies all her drawers that day. Big kids, turtle, cheeks, absolutely do the same thing. Um, and they also do like uh, tidy all their, like they go through all their drawers and make sure everything's pretty much neat. Um, 
so on Fridays is when I do that laundry. So I do that laundry so that it's ready when they get home on Friday evening. They've each got a basket of clean laundry in their room. They usually do it on Saturdays. Um, so I had to do that. Uh, what else did I have to do today? I had some other shit to do. I did it though. I did it. I did it. I did it. I did it all. The only thing I have to do now is record this fucking podcast. So let's get moving. <laughs> um, so it really does feel like forever since I talked about mob wives because I believe it was last week that I did Karen's book. Go back and listen to it. It's as a bonus episode. It's on the main feed, though. You do not have to be a Patreon member to access that bonus episode. It's the last episode I I recorded on the free feed of By Pumpkin. And so we talked about that. And the week before that, I lost my voice, so I didn't do a main feed episode. Um, so it really has been a few, a couple of weeks since I've talked about an actual episode of Mob Wives. This episode is season two, episode 15. It's called Taking the Rap. Um, so we catch up with Renee. Renee has gone to her father's first court hearing, which I don't know, man. I don't feel like that's the move. I, I personally didn't feel like that. I was like, don't go to that stuff because, well, I get why she did want to go, right? Because she wanted to tell, she wanted to be clear that she supports her father and that she's his daughter. Which is admirable. You want to be you want to be public to like listen. I support my dad, um, but the reason I wouldn't go is the reason is what happened. People were in there like gossiping, looking at people wouldn't even look at her. Either they were staring at her, or they wouldn't even look in her direction. People were um, friends and family were sitting on opposite sides of the courtroom from her. Like I wouldn't want to go because I wouldn't want to put myself through that, like that situation. It seems like a hurtful situation in which friends and family would like make it clear that they don't fuck with me. And so like my self-preservation would say, oh, don't go over there because your, your feelings are going to get hurt that day. But she goes um, and she's caught. We see her. She's calling Big Ange to like explain what happened. And, you know, she says her father came out with a cane. He could even hear the judge. He looked tired and disgusted and disappointed. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I mean, <laughs> like, like, obviously, I can put myself in Renee's shoe. Like, I don't want to see my dad in, like, like, my dad's getting older and stuff. I don't want to see him on a cane with his, losing his hearing, looking disgusted as he's being, like, this is a prelim hearing, so they're doing, like, discovery and shit. So he's just there. I mean, there's not... Like, he's already done his arraignment and all that other shit. They're getting ready for the, the trial. And, like, I can... I would, too, would be like, oh, my God, look, he looks so disgusted and disappointed and just disheveled. Just all the D words. And she... But also, the man is guilty, okay? <laughs> I don't mean... I'm not laughing at that. I don't mean to laugh. Guys, I don't mean to laugh at that. But the man is guilty, Okay, he absolutely did. The reason, so this, the, what Junior ratted on him about is that uh, he ordered the killing of someone. It didn't go through. So I think this is an attempted murder and then like some other shit like money laundering and shit like that. Um, 
but he did say he did say go kill that man <laughs> so like yeah be disgusted all you want to i mean it's not like you're here by accident that's all i'm saying like Obviously, I have empathy, empathy for incarcerated people. You guys know my bio dad has been in prison for, I'm 41, so he's probably 40 and a half years in there. Um, uh, I have big empathy for families of incarcerated people. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, but I'm also not going to pretend like her dad was on the corner singing doo-wop and they just picked him up. That's not what happened. But she did say that he looked over at her and said, that's my daughter. I was like, when did he have an opportunity to say that? But okay. She felt that was him telling everyone she didn't do anything wrong and he still loves her and they still have a relationship. And I was like, okay. Well, that's interesting because guess what? He wasn't speaking to you weeks ago before he got arrested, right? Because you're doing this fucking show. Probably not speaking to Jennifer either, your sister, who's the um, executive producer of the show. Maybe. Who knows? And now he's arrested, and he's like, that's my daughter over there. So maybe maybe him getting arrested is a good idea. <laughs> uh, Big Ange is going to get Botox. She says she's never had it. She says she just want to get a boop, 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 boop. <laughs> because God knows she needs it. That's how she said it. Um, when the, I don't know. So does um, a doctor give you Botox? The, what, what do you have to do to, to give those injectables? Um, I don't think it's just an anesthetician, right? I think it's more, you have to have more training to do injectables. I'm, I'm unsure. But um, the, the woman helping her asked her what she wants to change. And Big Ange goes, everything. <laughs> She said she's had her lips done. She's in, she's had her her lips done. She's had her um, boobs done three times, a tummy tuck, and all other kinds of shit. But Botox really hurt. So she's sitting there telling us how much the Botox hurt. It's a nightmare, and <laughs> all these other things. And then she sees herself and goes, "I love it. Give me more." <laughs> and they 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 shoot her up with some more. And at that point, they're like, if you want more, you have to like, you got to wait like a week for everything to settle and then we'll do it again. But um, it was just a funny, I don't know. It, <laughs> it was just a funny little scene in between all the rest of the shit. Jarita has a new poodle puppy named Lucky. That's not a terrible thing, but I still think Barbara would be a better name for a dog. <laughs> Barbara or Sir Poof and stuff. Like stuff like that. That's, 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 it's one or the other. Um, Lee calls and she tells him she got the puppy and he's like, oh. she's like one, and, he's like one and a half pounds. That's not a dog. Um, listening to Lee here and seeing Drita is, I feel differently. Well, I don't know if I feel differently, but like I'm looking at them with like a, a greater understanding because after reading Karen's book and understanding like just like what the Lee relationship was like what the Drita relationship was like and stuff. And I could be wrong, but I always, my, my position on this always, I'm not gonna go back and re-listen to old episodes and see if this is actually my position, but I thought my position was always that Drita absolutely did what Karen said she did. I mean, it only makes sense. Karen was dating Lee. Now Drita's married to Lee. They were friends. But... It's not like Karen has dibs on Lee for the rest of her life, right? 
And even if you guys are friends and stuff, like, especially when you're in an insular community in Staten Island, listen, there's only so many dudes, okay? And sometimes you're going to meet other, you know, sometimes you're, you're, you're going to, like, especially if you grew up there, sometimes someone dated someone when they were 16 and you guys are friends. And when you guys are like 25, you start dating. Like, that's going to happen. So I don't blame, like, I'm not like Drita is like a piece of shit for that. I, I wouldn't. They were absolutely broken up. Karen said they were broken up. The, what Karen says is that Drita, as a friend, started dating and then married Lee and never like reached out to her to be like, hey, you know, I'm dating Lee, you know? Um, and Drita's, uh, position has always been Karen was 12. <laughs> they dated for two weeks <laughs> and that's not true. Karen was a grown ass fucking woman and they dated for years and he moved to Arizona with them, with her and they moved back like, and that it wasn't a case of, I dated him in high school and you in high school, Drita and stuff like that. Like they were grown ass people living together and Drita was her friend and came out and double dated and spent a night in her house and did all these other things. And when they broke up and eventually Karen went back to Arizona, Drita and Lee either got together or were getting together before or whatever. And they ended up together. And so I don't feel like Drita did anything terribly wrong in dating Lee and marrying Lee to have kids and shit. I mean, it's, that's a done fucking deal. They were together, but I under, also understand where Karen's coming from when she says, hey, like, you owed me a phone call. And I believe that. Like, I would have, that's just, that's just how I operate. I'm, like, all for confrontation. And I don't mean, like, fighting in the parking lot at Walmart. I mean, like, is this going to be a problem? Let's go check. <laughs> Let's, oh, I'm having, like, oh, I'm upset about this? Let me just tell them. <laughs> and then we can get to some resolution. Um... I wouldn't have wanted to make a phone call to Karen either and be like, yo, me and Lee is fucking. But, and I certainly wouldn't have done it the first week because who knows how long. But once it became clear that we were like serious, I would have called Karen and been like, listen, so I want to talk to you. I know I haven't talked in a while. Um, but, you know, me and Lee, we got together and we're going to be seeing each other. And I just want to know, I just want to know if you and me are square. If you have any questions, come to me. Is everything cool? Um, but also in Drita's defense, I can see how Drita's like, I don't think I'm ever going to see Karen again. She's in fucking Arizona. Who fucking know? Like, what did Drita, how would Drita know if they're going to have this show fucking 10 years later or whatever? I can understand that. I can understand all sides of it. But yeah. Uh. So, like, watching them talk on the phone, like, it's not that I feel differently. It's just that I'm like, okay, there's more nuance to the situation that, that you were saying, Drita, certainly. Um, you know, uh, Drita says that they've become friends. <laughs> I'm laughing. Like, they become friends, and he calls, and they talk all the time. And I'm like, how was that different than before you got mad and now you're separated how is that different you're not wearing you're not wearing a ring now this is what your whole marriage has been like since fucking Giselle was born what are you talking about oh you don't send them sexy pictures okay get out of here um but he says the reason he called is to tell her he's done with state time and he was doing state time like eight hours away 
And now the next day they're going to transfer him to for to do his Fed time for another year, and that should be the end of it. And it's going to be in Brooklyn, and that's a big deal because it means it'll be easier for her to take the kids to see him. You know. Um. Then Drew is going to Bad Boy Records to be cast in a music video with French Montana. Now I have. This is confused. I'm going to tell you what Drita told us and then what happened and why I was confused. So she says she's going to be cast in a music video from French Montana, by French Montana. And she's meeting a guy named Nick who she met in the clubs years ago. And they've been marine friends. And he was like, yeah, we want you to be in the show, be in the uh, video. What they're not saying is they want you to be in the video because you're on Mob Wife, Drita. And hip-hop culture has always had a... a a big fascination with mafia life, okay? And so that's what they want you to be in, in the, the video because of that. So she gets there, and they tell her the concept is that Drita runs a gang of girls that rob banks, and they want her to be in the video. She says she's been rapping since she was speaking, so this is not since she was first started talking, so this isn't anything new to her. And when she said that, I was like, okay, but no, they asked you to rap. They asked you to be in the video. And I was very confused by that because, I don't know, they're asking you to be treated for mob wives robbing a bank in a video and, and taking some of the cachet of that and helping French Montana's video do more. I just, do you guys remember when French Montana dated Khloe Kardashian? I think it was Khloe and Courtney do the Hamptons. And this is back when, when Scott's, I guess Scott's drug addiction was really bad. I mean, there was an ep there, I think there were two episodes back to back where he was like on a drug binge and shit and like dangerous around the house and all this shit was going on. But French Montana always like seems goofy to me. And even when he was on that show, I, he'd always be kind of goofy around Chloe. And I was like, how can you? Be around someone is like uh, 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 all day. How can you do that? You know, you know. Chloe's Debbie. She's Debbie desperate. Debbie desperado. But maybe I misunderstood what's happening with Judah because then Nick's like, "We're gonna give you the track so you can play it on the on the way home." You know, kind of vibe to it and see what you can do. And I was like, "Okay, so why would they give her the track? So she's gonna rap on the track?" I was very confused. So next week, back to Big Ann. She's getting hair extensions, and she tells the size that she wishes she had a nice man with a lot of money. Her husband is not staying with her. They're separated. He's staying with his mom. That's Neil. When she was 18, she married a 30-year-old guy, and she didn't like that life. And then it was wise guy she was running around with, and she didn't like that life. She wanted to change her life again, and she's like, I want to get married to a normal guy, Neil. She figures she'd go with a nice guy who gets a pension, because the wise guys don't. <laughs> And uh, Neil's a sanitation worker. But Neil's also a big drinker. He's gone all night. Mm. Red flag, red flag, red flag. She said that they're going to Cabo to have like a nice little honeymoon, kind of rekindle the marriage or whatever. And then at the end she says, I've never had a problem getting dates. <laughs> that is not how these sounds. But anyway, I've never had a problem getting dates. And I never will. <laughs> The segment really looked like it belonged in a different show. I found myself thinking, so Big Ange's first season is season two. 
And so I just don't think 15 episodes in that, you know, she gets a spinoff. But I don't think 15 episodes into her first season, they're like thinking spinoff. I really think that a spinoff comes after like she's been on a couple seasons and they realize how people reacted to Big Ange. And they really did like really fall in love with her. And it's mostly because she's just minding her business and saying stuff like, she spent all this money on hair extensions all her life and getting like super long hair and big boobs. Like that's, but she seems like a nice person, you know? And sometimes it's hard to figure out what side you want to be on between Karen and Jarita. And then Renee's over here smiling, saying I'm drunk and I'm not going to take my medicine this weekend, my pills this weekend. And Carla's boring. And so if you have all those, if you have like all these people in your face, and Big Ange just having fun and swinging those triple X boobs all around. It's very easy for her to be the fun one, the people everyone likes. But this, the segments that we just had with Big Ange feel like they don't belong in this show. They feel like they're on a separate path than the rest of the show. Next we see Karen. Karen's book is done. She has decided the next thing is to get back into the spa industry. At the end of Karen's book, which I didn't talk about, because I was like, who cares? And then in her book, you know, so at some point while Karen's family was in Arizona, her father has left the witness protection program and is living in Arizona. And again, I find it very hard to believe that nobody knew that that guy pretending like his name was Jimmy Moran, who looked just like Sammy the Bull, except for like a nose job, who... Hung out all the time with Sammy the Bull's kid, Sammy the Bull's ex-wife, who <laughs> had a thick Brooklyn accent. <laughs> Did not realize that was fucking Sammy the Bull. Like in 2021, we would already fucking know because as soon as as soon as Karen was anywhere with a guy that could be her dad's age, someone would be like, "Is that Sammy the Bull? Is that him? That's him." Okay, you know what I mean? Um, but. Yeah, so they're all in Arizona, and Karen's in New York with Lee, and Lee doesn't really want her to fuck with her father because, you know, Lee's a mob associate. He's robbing banks and running stuff. That's one of the things that Karen said. They said Drita has, she's like, Drita has no ties to the mafia. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. She doesn't. She didn't grow up in his lifestyle. Lee was not in the mafia. He was an associate. Lee has ties to the mafia. Drita does not. But anyway, so... And he doesn't, and, and, and Lee is like doing his criminal shit. And he doesn't want to be in between the mafia and Sammy the Bull. He doesn't want to like pick a side like that. So, um, you know, they're fighting all the time. Karen's flying back from forth from Arizona when she wants to. And one time she said she like left him for four months, went to Arizona and got her skin license. That's how she says it. Um, I don't know if she can't pronounce anesthetician either. Well, that's not the word. Excuse me. Anesthetician is someone who does anesthesia, I believe. Esthetician? I don't know. I can't pronounce it either. So maybe that's why Karen keeps going uh, skin school and skin and, and uh, I, I start doing skin care. Um, so that's where she got. She got her license. She worked in a couple of different little spas and once her father took the rep for whatever happened down there, I'm still having trouble being like, what exactly happened? Karen started working in a spa. Then she ended up buying that spa from the owner when the owner retired. And she, at the end of the book, she's talking about how she started her 
KG school uh, skincare line. She would mix up stuff for their faces and stuff, and she was gonna get started on that before she um, started this show. And I can also believe she started this show so that she can be like, well, it'd be easier for me to start a skincare line. So, as you would do if you had started a reality TV show to get into skincare, she's trying to get back in the spa industry. She's pairing with a doctor. I don't know what his name is. I didn't remember it. But apparently he's a big time guy because they keep saying his name like he's, you would know it, on a new med spa. He's going to, Karen's going to have the top half and he's going to have the bottom half. And she'll be doing facials, body wraps, cellulite treatment. She said everything she was offering in Arizona. The spa is opening in two weeks and she needs to plan a party. She, so she needs to get, finish up the stuff upstairs, like getting everything set up. And then she needs to plan a party. And she says it will be the solid thing she needs before she can bring Karina to live back in New York. Now, I don't know. <laughs> okay, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll say that's true. Ramona comes to the place and they talk about asking Renee to help so she can take her mind off everything at home. Ramona's like, I don't know, man. And I feel the same way. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Renee's got a lot and Renee's unpredictable. Karen also asked Ramona to help, and she goes, and Ramona's like, yeah, I'll do anything to help you. You know, we're family. And Ramona goes, um, Karen goes, well, can you be reliable? And Ramona's like, I have four kids. I'm the definition of reliable. And Karen goes, okay, well, you can't pay anybody to do it, though, for you. And I was like, shade. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, they decide they're going to do it. And then, so the next scene is them going to a winery, I guess, to talk to Karen. Well, Karen and Renee and Ramona are all sitting there talking. And this is when Karen says, um, I want you guys to be a partner in a day spa. Now, see, that's the thing. I didn't, again, did I miss something? I thought she was asking Ramona to help with the opening. And she said she was going to get Renee to help with the party, not partner in the spa. Because here's the thing. We're going to be partners in the spa there's going to be some money exchanging hands, right? You don't get your equity from planning a party. You got to put, you need skin in the game. So like, I was like, is this some reality TV producer bullshit right here? Because this is, you guys want, you're going into business together. Where, did you put money in, Karen? What are you guys doing? But maybe I'm, I'm thinking too hard. Maybe I'm looking too hard. Renee is, um, so she asked Renee to help with the party stuff and she asked Ramona to help with the laser stuff. Like there's going to be a laser room or something. And she wants Ramona to get the lasers. <laughs> okay. And she's telling them, this is, please, like, just know this is super important. This is how I'm going to bring Karina back to New York. Now, we're going to get to this. But one thing I thought when she said bring Karina back to New York, I was like, back, what do you mean back to New York? Karina doesn't live in New York. Karina's never lived in New York. Karina was born in Arizona. Karina lives in Arizona, has never lived anywhere else. She lives there with her dad who recently got out of prison. She spent a lot of years without him. She lives there with your mother, her grandmother, who basically raised her. Like, you guys have been tight and living together. And, like, grand, it's almost like uh, when you think of Brie from Teen Mom 2. Teen Mom 2? I don't, I, I never know which one they're on. From T-Mom, Brie has never lived without her mother and her sister. And if you think about little baby Nova, sweetie Petey, 
cutie little girl. Um, when you think about little Nova, little Nova has never lived without TT and I don't know if she calls her abuela or grandma or Mimi. I don't know what she calls her. It's, but she doesn't call her Roxanne. I knew that. But she's never lived without grandma and TT. And so, and that's kind of how it went down with, um, with Karina and Karen. She never lived without her mother. Her brother is out there if he's not still in jail. I think he's out of jail at this point. So her brother's out there. Her brother's son, Nicholas, is out there. Like, they have a family out there. That's where their family is. And so when you say, I want to bring Karina back to New York, I'm like, well, you, you going back to New York. Karina didn't go back to New York. Karina lives in Arizona and it always has been. So we'll get to it. But I just heard, she keeps saying back to New York. I was like, mm. So then Drita goes to rap in the studio with her DJ friend. I'm, a thing you need to know about me is that secondhand embarrassment can kill me. Like I could actually die from secondhand embarrassment. And you're like, princess, that's not true. Yeah, the fuck it is true, guys. I can't be around nobody being looking like that. I can't do all that. Um, that's why I don't watch America's, uh, not America's Idol, American Idol. That's why I don't watch um, America's Next Best Dance Crew. That's a lie. I used to watch America's Next Best Dance Crew like it was like, whoa. Um, <laughs> but, but like America's Got Talent. I, I can't watch it like that. I can't watch people embarrass themselves. S small children dancing is hard really hard for me because they got to be see that's the thing about like tiktok i <laughs> i talked about this in the bonus episode i've been trying tiktok i don't like it and it's not that i don't like the videos i'm seeing i don't like them delivering video after video after video of me like bam 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 i don't like that i want to see the best tiktoks on twitter <laughs> so i can do the thing i like to do which is to scroll twitter and read and then every now and then I see a really good video from TikTok. That's what I want. Um, and I don't know, like, I'm still, like, I'm still working on my algorithm. I'm, I'm just not on it enough because I hate the way it's constant video after video after video after video. Bam, 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 bam. I'm like, well, okay, well, what's going on with this? Like, I like on Twitter how if I drill into something, I can go thread after thread comments here like I like that I don't like I don't know I just don't like all that information so um I mean excuse me I want more information so like one of the things that's hard about TikTok is that like so they will serve me like I want to see bad bitch babies right having bad girl summers hot girl summers I, I mean it's not summer hot girl falls whatever I want to see babies being funny wearing wigs wearing sunglasses dancing great but I don't want to see them dancing badly so that I have to feel better and die. I have to feel bad and die. And TikTok doesn't know yet that, well, TikTok will never know unless they go by, I mean, I guess they go by views and comments. But like, I'm still getting videos of sad shit that I'm like, no, 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 no. That's, this is actually really embarrassing to that baby. So, <laughs> so it's hard. So when I, all this to say, it was really hard for me to watch Drita rap. I'm not saying Drita was a bad rapper. She gave me Rod Digga vibes. She had a very deep voice in it. And her rhymes weren't terrible. I'm sure someone wrote them for her. But it definitely gave me the rap challenge on Drag Race, if you know what I mean. Just like her not remembering the lines, her saying things wrong, her going too fast. But by the end, she's like really happy with it. And they, you know, 
put it down so that she can mail it to Bad Boy Records because it's 1938, I guess. <laughs> Carla and Renee meet up because Renee is having a hard time with her father's hearing. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you need to see Carla about your daddy's hearing? First of all, your daddy's in prison. So none of y'all ain't going to do nothing about his hearing. I'll tell you that. He has to see prison doctors. And, and that's that, you don't have no control over that. Like sometimes they put in to see a doctor is fucking a year later. My bio dad is such a hysteric and he called me and was like, I'm going blind. I'm going blind. I'm not gonna be able to read any more letters from you. I just got to get ready for my blind life. And I was like, okay, well, did you see the doctor? And he's like, I put in, but it's going to be some time. It's going to be some months, blah, blah, blah. You know how it is around here. I was like, okay, okay, okay. And I said, well, and he's like, are you, so one of the things my bio dad always says about me is that I am unemotional, which is fucking ridiculous. I, I'm a very emotional person, but when it comes to him, I've had to be, I don't know. I've had to like, when I was a small kid, I got my hopes up about him being paroled and leaving prison. And the older I got, the less. I felt that way. First of all, the more I knew about crimes, the more I knew about like his relationship with my mother, the more I was like, okay, well, maybe he's never going to get out. Maybe he shouldn't get out. And with him, I take a very like measured, I don't know. I just, I'm just like, let's take our time. Let's just, don't nobody get, don't get your dress over your head. Don't put the cart before the horse. Just wait. And so, but that's how he thinks of me that way. But that's because that's how I've had to protect myself in this situation is to be like, well, let's just see what happens. So that's what I told him though. I was like, uh, just see what the doctor says. And, and like two months later, we're talking and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the doctor, you know, I'm not going blind. I just need new glasses. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about that. Oh, I'm talking about Ryan, Renee, Ryan, Ryan, ugh. Renee's dad going, his hearing. And I'm like, Renee, you can't do nothing about that. The only one, your mother is his next of kin is probably the person that is talking to a lawyer, advocating like that's, that's their thing. You can't, what, so what, what is going to do with Carla going to do? But okay. So she tells Carla about the prelim hearing and Renee says she's done with Junior. She sealed the coffin and it's over and they both lean over and go, I love that. But that said, I totally believe she wrote Junior at least once while he was in prison. Absolutely. Renee also told Carla about partnering with the spa and she invites Carla to come to the party. And Carla's like, nah, I'm good. And she says, like, every time I'm around these girls, it's some drama, it's some stuff, you know, so I don't want to go around them. And, like, I call Carla the boring one, just like I call Candy from Real Housewives of Atlanta the boring one, because they are, and it's because of exactly what I would do, too. I'd be like, no, nah, I don't want to go. Why do I want to go? We always fight with those people. So, no, nah, I won't go to that. I'll go to something else. And that's the reasonable thing to do, right? That's what all of us would do. Um, but instead, you know... Renee really wants the for her to come. So Ramona and Big Ange hang out and they talk about Ramona's missing jewelry and the arrest. And Ramona asked her if she can, she's like, Ramona asked Big Ange to come to the party. She tells her to bring anyone she wants. And then it kind of gets quiet because that's when Big Ange says, we'll ask about Trita. 
And Ramona isn't really having it. She said Drita came from her personally, and she's still mad. She tells us in the confessional that if Karen and Drita were to be friends again, Ramona will watch out for the situation because she doesn't trust Drita. And as far as she's concerned, sure her and Drita will never be good. And then Ramona, Carla, and Drita meet up to talk about all the same thing. It's it's the thing I like the least about reality TV. Um us going to dinner to talk about the thing that we talked about with the other person. I don't, I dislike that intensely. And I think that when the cast has a common goal to do something, it's so much better than we're just going to meet for dinner to talk to each other about the same thing we talked about last time. Trina tells him about Lee going to Brooklyn and Renee says they're going to get back together. And then she says, what's the big deal? He cheated. Nobody take relationship advice from Renee. Nobody. Nobody should ever take relationship advice from fucking Renee. Okay? The big deal is he cheated. He also uh, put your family in jeopardy by going to prison two times. He also tra- talks to you fucking terribly. He also has not made amends and has no intention of doing so. D- the big deal is he is bad. Okay? And that's another thing about Karen. Is I know Karen feels like... You know, she's had Lee, she was over it. She, if she wanted to be with Lee, she would have been with Lee. But, bro, um, the first thing you should be thinking, Karen, is thank God I dodged that bullet. What if you had two kids with Lee who was in prison? Jeez. Um, Drita says that most of the, her girlfriends, you know, her friends and everything, are on the forgiveness side, but she will never fucking forget this shit. Um, even Carla was like, well, if you're not with someone when he comes out, who cares? Maybe you guys could work something out. Don't listen to Carla either. Carla's fucking Joe, guys. She definitely is. But as we all know, Drita doesn't listen to me either because uh, they end up back together. So then Renee tries to get Drita to make up with Karen. Drita seems more, she seems more open to it than the others when each one, each person tried to get them to make up with somebody. She says it's exhausting and it's played out. And she like, the what what's going on between, when I, she says it, she, she means like the fighting between her and Karen is exhausted, is exhausting and it's played out. And like she, like the thing with the rapping and the modeling and the, she got a new puppy and she just feels like things are going well for her and she's moving on and she's moving in bigger and better and things. And the last thing she needs is to be like holding on to this fucking fight with Karen. Agreed. Like in real life, if I were Drita, I'd be like, stop bringing up Karen to me. I don't fuck with Karen. We don't get along. Just leave me, I don't want to deal with this. I have other things to concentrate on than whether Karen likes me and whether I like Karen. So I just want to move forward. But in reality TV world, you can't do that. You have to keep trying, 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 trying. Drita says that if she can, and, and Drita's like, I really just don't care about why me and Karen don't like each other. Drita says if she can remember the old Karen, it will be helpful and that she just doesn't want to deal with issues when she's moving forward. Renee says they can take it slow and steady. So next we see Karen and Karina. And Karina is fucking 12. I certainly thought she was 8 or 9. Which, like in that bonus episode with the book, 8, 9 is when she finally went to go visit um, her Sammy. Sammy the Bull in the Colorado Supermax he was in. Because... Um, that case started, Karina was a baby when, when, they, when they all got arrested. 
Um, but she's fucking 12, which makes me also, which makes me think about her not being in New York even. Like, so if, I don't think Karina has to be in New York, but if Karen wanted her in New York and decided to bring her to New York, she's 12, not five. So I don't see why she couldn't be there. Is it because you don't really have an apartment? You don't have a place to live and that's just rented by VH1 while the, while the show is going? Is that what you're trying to say? Like, I we can really benefit from the fourth wall being broken here. So Karina is happy to see the spa that her mom's working on, but it turns out she's not absolutely sold on moving to New York. And that's just what I said. Karina's not moving back. Karina will be moving to a new place. And Karina says she's, Karen says she's doing opportunities there and it's all about the future, about like building this spot it will help her pay for Karina's college, buy Karina a car, things like that for the future. And, but Karina's like, yeah, but what about our family? She's thinking about her dad, her grandmother, her uncles and cousins. Like, yeah. And they kind of leave it on like an un, like an, we don't know what's going to happen now. So Druda goes to do the music video and she's hyped. They end up letting her record the rap. Like she hasn't heard whether like they like the rap. So again, like this is, at each new scene, I'm finding out more about the premise of this, of this, of her storyline. I'm like, oh, were you just going to record the rap and then see if you can get on the track? Okay. So fine. And so she doesn't know if she could get on it or not. And at this point, the director comes to her and says, I heard that, like, I heard your, I heard your verse and I'd like to record you doing your verse, like record a performance for it. And she does, she says they want to use it in the music trailer. And I was like, what? See guys, I've never heard of a, a trailer for a music video at all. So I was like, what does that even mean? So I tried to even look it up, but I couldn't find, I couldn't, I found the video, but I couldn't find the part where Drita's doing the performance, like the trailer or whatever. But I also found like Drita rapping all the time. Drita got a song. I guess it was about Karen. I don't know. It was about. It's about bum bitches. And Drita, I found a video of Drita on stage somewhere rapping all about the Benjamins with Little Kim. Yes, I did. I plan to put it up on the social media so you guys can be can have your lives ruined just like mine was. So I mean I just I just I guess Drita is more into rapping than I like when the, sh the episode started, I was like, you've been rapping since you were speaking. What? But I guess, I don't know. I guess. So it's the day of the grand opening party for the spa. And Karen gets there and there are no lasers. The lasers Ramona were supposed to procure are not there. Um, and apparently the laser treatment room was going to be like the focus of the party in the grand opening. She calls the guy who's supposed to deliver the lasers. And that's what I'm saying. Like, So if Ramona was in charge of lasers, why are you calling the guy? This is fake. You know what I mean? This is fucking fake. Look, obviously, Ramona wasn't in charge of the fucking lasers. Why would she be? So the guy's like, oh, we're going to be there in five minutes. And she says, okay, I'm timing. Which I really like because I'm going to say it the next time I order a pizza. And they're like, we'll be there in 20 minutes. But okay, I'm timing you. <laughs> you better be here in 20 minutes or I'm going to get my gangster father to kill you. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Ramona gets there and is like, okay, I didn't even know it was a problem, but it's fine. You know, we're going to have lasers. And then Renee gets there and apparently 
She doesn't have what she's supposed to have in care. And Renee's like, listen, we didn't decide on the gift bags. And I was like, okay. So again, I feel like this is fucking fake. But if you guys, when I worked in events, everything had to be done at least a week prior. Like everything had to be finalized. Everything you, and you had to get the customer to initial the stuff. Like you have to be done. And so if you guys never landed anywhere on the gift bags and we're coming up, it's the day of the fucking event. Before you fucking get there, you have to be like, Karen, yo, what did you decide on the gift bags? Because I'm coming and should I bring gift bags with, gift bags with me? And, but no, Renee gets there and it's just like, I don't know. And so then she goes, give me 10 minutes and runs outside and comes back with some gift bags. And she says, there's gifts in them. The gift bags look cheap, guys. They look like she got them from the dollar store. The dollar store has bags like that. Um, the dollar store is also a great place to get uh, balloons, by the way. They're really cheap there. But not, not like you blow up the balloons. I mean, like, they do the helium balloons for you. So, yeah. Um, she comes back with it, and I'm like, this looks bad. Why are, why are you do not have, like colors of the of the spa and maybe a logo on why don't you have that stuff what and i wanted to know what the gift was what what's the gift but at least they're there and the end the party ends up being great uh renee is getting services she's getting wrestling <laughs> big Ange walks in tits to the sky like just i don't know how she doesn't fucking fall over and says i want everything karen announces that they are doing a skincare line and calling it luminique which is where the title which is where the name of the spa comes from. So the spa's called Luminique, and she and the doctor are partnering for a skincare line. You know what? I never looked up if Luminique actually was a thing. Hold on one second. Okay, I'm back. I just had a lot of, like, drama. Um, my husband's fish jumped out the fucking fish tank, and I don't like this fish anyway because it thinks it's in love with my husband. I think it got out this fish tank to go look for my husband. So, you know, I'm alone in the house right now. I'm already having a hard time, uh recording this podcast because um I bought balloons for monkey and they're in an area behind me and they keep swaying but what they're doing is they're putting shadows on the walls and it looks those shadows are like the same type of shadows that if somebody were like walking through my backyard that's what they look like so I'm already turning around a lot worried then I'm in here by myself and I just hear boom pop pop and it's the fucking fish that jumped out the fucking this fish is huge guys it's fucking huge. It's probably, it's probably bigger than Lucky, okay? <laughs> and jumped out the fucking fish tank. And I don't know, my instincts just took over. I picked it up and threw it right back in there. I'm like, you're not fucking dying when my husband's at work so he can come back in here and say, I killed you. No, 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 no. So that happened. Then I look, tried to look up Luminique, but everything I see is from 2012 when it opened, right? So I don't know, like, what's it doing in 2021 or if, or if Karen stayed there, I mean, she, they list her as an esthetician that's working with him. So it's more like, that gives me, the way they talk about it, gives me the impression that he hired Karen to use her social media and stuff to promote the place. And to, like, kind of run the that part of the spa. It's not really about her, like, being in business. And maybe, I don't know. Seems like she got a job, not a business. 
which is fine. I mean, not everybody needs to be and fucking own a business. Um, but what I, <laughs> what kind of, I mean, you don't know because I, because I paused the recording. But what took me along, besides the fact that I was trying to rescue a fucking fish, was that um, just searching Karen and Luminique came up with a a clip from Families of the Mafia, which is a show that, okay, so originally there was a show called Made in Staten Island, and that was about these people running the streets in Staten Island. Staten Island hated it. Karina was one of the big stars, and it was about whether or not she was going to be in the Mafia. And I'm like, don't play with me, she's not. <laughs> one, the Mafia doesn't exist in the way it existed in Sammy the Bull's time. And when Karen was here, it doesn't exist in that way. Okay. And even if it did, Karina's black. <laughs> so let, let, let's just calm down for a fucking minute. All right. But I mean, not to say that Karina can't be drawn on a dark side, crime, gangs. Uh, I'm just saying, don't act like this is. I don't know. This this isn't the Godfather. Don't don't do that because that's not anyway. So, but once Made in Man, Made in Manhattan, Made in Staten Island didn't like. I guess after the first season, they called it Families of the Mafia and brought in like I don't know some kid of the Irish Mafia, somebody from a cartel, that type of shit. It really was about how do we keep these kids from joining the. Uh, Organized crime of their, I don't, that shit. Um, so there's a clip from the show and Sammy's out of prison. Sammy did 18 years. He, he got 19, 19 and some change or something like that. Uh, like round up to 20 and he did 18. He's out. He's in Arizona. Well, they say he lives in the desert. He's in Arizona and they drive to this house and I'm like, is this Sammy's house? Or is this Sammy? Or is this like rented? Like, you know, when they do Ayama fix my life. And, um, they always rent like Airbnb, a fucking big house for the occasion. Like it's, and do the filming in there. It's not Ayama's house. So like, I was like, did they, rent, did, the, did the crew rent this crew? The production rent this so they could do this meeting or like what? But it's a really nice house. So they're walking in. Karen, you know, it's 10 years later, nine years later. Karen doesn't look great, to be completely honest. She doesn't look great. She looks really old in the face, but also, like, puffy and, you know, she doesn't look great. Um, Karina looks, obviously, Karina's, like, 22 years old. Like, she's somewhere in that. She's 20 to 22 years old. And so Karina looks like an Instagram girl. She's very beautiful, obviously. Um, She's wearing an orange dress. Like, so they're meeting him out, like, by the pool and stuff. And, you know, Karen's wearing a dress and kind of like a, a flowy, like, caftan type of stuff. And they're both wearing flip-flops. But Karina's wearing, like, a really tight orange dress. I mean, a fashion overdress to, to go to the club in. And they're filming them walk in. They're filming them from behind, from the front. They've got a drone of them walking in, a drone shot of them walking in. And all you see is Karina keep pulling her dress down. Because the dress keeps riding up while she's walking, while she's moving. And, like, you're about to see her ass. Like, her whole fucking ass. 
And I was like, oh. I just remember being like, like, I don't know. I guess there were people that would look at that and be like, oh, my God. Why would she wear a dress like that on TV? Karina's probably a hoe now. But that's not a... That's not all what I thought. That's not at all what I thought. I just remember being like a little younger, like in my 20s and stuff, and not always, in, in my late teens too, and not always like understanding the assignment. You know what I mean? Like you want to wear this dress, you love it, you think you look good and it goes with your skin tone, blah, blah, blah. You, you, this is a dress you want to wear. And you don't realize they're going to be filming you from behind while you're walking and that the dress rides up and now you're on fucking TV. You have to keep pulling your dress down. Then here's also your grandfather who you haven't seen in, I would suppose, 10 years because I think the last time she saw him was when they visited him at Supermax. Um, and you're filming, you know what I'm saying? Like, And like the last thing you want to be worried about is your fucking dress. Like, like... If you had known it was going to be like this, you would have done something. You know, you would have worn something else. You would have done... You... <sighs> but you just don't have enough experiences to understand it. Like, now when I get dressed for stuff, I'm like, am I going to be walking? Am I going to be sitting? Am I going to be looking over here? <laughs> what What's the weather going to be like? Do I need a sweater? Like, that. that's because I'm an old lady. You know what I mean? Like, so... I have two sweaters and an umbrella and a change of clothes in my car because I'm an old fucking lady. I'm somebody's mother, you know? But when I was younger, I would always get caught out like... I'd be wearing something and I need to be like wearing different underwear with it and you could see panty lines or the bra was weird so like my so I really liked the shirt I had on or you know or the blouse I had on it and it was really cute but you could see the outline of my bra because I didn't think about the fact that I'd be like in front of all these fucking lights like I'm looking at it in my room in dim light and not realizing I'm gonna be somewhere brighter light like you know what I mean that's what it felt like um, I just felt bad for her. I was like, oh man, like she, she probably got dressed in her makeup, you know, um, flat ironed her weave and shit. And just was like, bitch, I'm giving it, <laughs> you know, she took a, she took a selfie, put it on the gram before she came. She was like, yeah, you know, I'm filming today. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like you're 20 and you think you look so fucking good. And then you get there and it's a little awkward cause your dress keeps riding up. And then you probably watched the clip and was like, we were two centimeters from seeing from seeing my fucking cervix. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but the 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 clip was just Sammy. Um, you know, they saw Sammy. They hadn't seen him in years, and he'd been out, and he was just talking about how. Um, you know, he hates that they that like his family has to carry his weight out in the streets, and that like. Um, what he did, he did. I actually liked Sammy. Like, I was like, oh, Sammy's, Sammy's like, first of all, Sammy's an old, old man. Like, he's bald. I mean, he has his dentures in this time. In the book, she was explaining when she saw him, that he didn't have his dentures in, so he had no teeth. He has dentures in, and like, he's got, um, he's got glasses on, and his little tattoos. He's a little old man. I mean, he looks good for an old man, okay? And he's like talking about how, you know, people will call him a rat. They'll say this, they'll say that. But what they don't talk about is the the people that he saved from going to prison, the people he fought against the government for. Um, they don't, and they don't talk about the fact that, Karen brings this up, that John was on tapes. Like, the feds had tapes and tapes and tapes of John talking shit about, John Gotti is what I'm talking about, talking shit about Sammy. And... 
they don't necessarily say this, but like in kind of like they they imply that sometimes John knew the bug was there, that he's he's like setting Sammy up, and then John refused to let Sammy fight his own case, which is true. He wouldn't let Sammy fight his case. He wouldn't let Sammy hear any more tapes. He wouldn't let Sammy meet with a lawyer without him. He wouldn't let Sammy sever the cases. He was like, no, we're going to do this all one case. And John's offense was Sammy did this. I don't know. I don't know about all that. And that, and, and that's the, and they shared a lawyer and he wouldn't let him get a new lawyer. Like, like it really was, John had decided Sammy was going down. It was very obvious to anybody. Um, they don't talk, and so he's saying like, Karen's like, well, you don't really talk about all that, and he's like, yeah, you know, it's gonna be my time to talk about it at some point. And when it is, it is. And he said, and if I do start talking publicly, and publicly, I'm like, okay, well, you did a Diane Sawyer interview, you wrote a book, you on this show, like, I mean, you've been public, but when I start talking publicly about it, he said, if they want to come for me, then let them fucking come, and I was like, rumble. <laughs> And I like that. Anyway. <laughs> and he's just like, if they want to come for me, let them fucking come. So, um, yeah. Um, that clip did not make me want to watch that show. <laughs> I don't know. Karen just, Karen looks bad. And I don't know what it is. I think she's had some bad work in her face. I'm not sure. Um. Maybe I'll post it so you guys can see it. Um, but what the fuck was I even talking about before this? Oh, I was trying to see if Luminique was going to like be a thing for more than two months. And, you know, jury's still out on that. Um, Ramona says that Karen's in a really good mood and this is the perfect time to ask Karen to meet with Drita. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. She is in a really good mood, but she's also at her own fucking event. And I don't know if that's when you bring up shit like this. But okay, Renee. Um... She says she wants all of them to support her. And I'm like, what What the fuck does that have to do with Karen? She's like, I want all my girls to be able to support me. What are you saying? That you want Karen and Drita to be able to come over when you're crying at the same time and then not be drama? Okay. Um, but, you know, Karen says, agrees to it. But what she tells us is that, like, Renee will not stop asking her. She's tired of Renee asking. She's in a positive place and she, she'll she meet with Drita to just hear what Drita has to say, if that's what it needs to be done. So it's in the end of the show. Karen is talking with her cousin, Rena. Rena is in the, in the book as well. And her cousin is like, don't even talk to Drita or give her an ounce of respect. Rena tells her, like, if you have to go meet with Drita, you say, you know what you are. You're a crumb snatching bitch. Run your mouth and there's only going to be one way I handle you. Okay, Rena. <laughs> Rena is um Rena's feisty. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure that after you that when you sit down and talk to Drita and you call her a crumb snatching bitch, <laughs> I'm sure she'll be like, Yeah, let's be friends. <laughs> uh Karen says she feels the same way as Rena does, but she's ready to like just for this to be over. Rena says that Drita has been jealous and backstabbing for years. She's seen it. And Karen needs to tell uh, Renee to stop asking her to take on this poison. It's too much poison. She was a friend and now it's over. And then Rena tells her that the only way to communicate with Drita is, is to hit her because that's all she understands. No words. And then she tells 
Karen, the minute she opens her words, crack her fucking jaw. And I was like, I didn't think there was a person more aggressive than Karen. I really didn't. But Rena, Rena. <laughs> and that's pretty much where the show ends. Next week, I guess we're going to get a Karen and Drita face off. Um, I don't remember how it goes. I feel like Karen and Drita fought for like four more seasons. So <laughs> I'm assuming not good. Hey, this one's a little short. It's like only an hour. But if you are feeling some kind of way about that, remember, I did less talking up front. You usually get an hour and a half for the first 30 minutes of just me talking about what the fuck I'm watching on TV. Okay, so you just got a little less of that. <laughs> Anyway, I got to fucking go. If you are a member of the Patreon, look out on Saturday or either Sunday to, well, you're going to get this episode you're listening to on Sunday. But if you're a member of the Patreon, look out because I will have released in the Way Down um, episode this weekend. So it should be ready for you. Everybody else, I'll see you next week. Okay. All right. All right.